Well, hey, good morning, Life Center. Once again, can we just take a moment and thank Jesus for his goodness in our lives? Man, the sun was out this morning. Come on, it's a great day to be alive. And, uh, you know, in a moment, we're going to continue on in a series. We've been looking at the seven I am statements in the book of John. Uh, I want to take a moment on that note, and a number of weeks ago, we, we let you know about some of these John journals that we have available in the foyer, and somebody asked me this last week, what, what's the purpose of that, Tyler? Am I just supposed to, like, leave it at home? No, you're supposed to bring it with you each week. Here, here's our goal and our dream with these, is that you would bring this every single week, and as you're hearing the sermon, you're listening to what God is speaking, you're adding notes, and at the end of the year, because we're gonna anchor most of our teaching in the Gospel of John this year, you will have a year full of sermon material right here in this Gospel of John notebook. So we'd encourage you to swing by if you wanna grab one of those, they're available in the foyer. In a moment, we're gonna jump into John chapter 11. So if you have that, get ready. How many of you were here last week? Last week, I gave us a challenge for this week that, that we would be prayerful, asking the Holy Spirit, who are some names of people, whether it's relatives, neighbors, coworkers, friends, and we're gonna add some of those names to the walls behind me because again, for those of you who weren't at Vision Night, I shared that in Pierce County, there's over 633,000 people who are disconnected from Jesus and his church. And as Life Center, we are believing that God in his grace, we're gonna see that number decrease and the kingdom of heaven increase, amen? We're believing for lives to be transformed this year and we're praying that this would be the greatest season of soul winning that we've ever experienced at Life Center. And so at the conclusion of today's message, just get ready, because some of you, you're, you're going to live out either your greatest dream or your greatest fear, because you're going to walk up on this stage, <laughs> and you're going to write some names down. And so we're going to add to these walls today. If you're taking notes today, I, I want you to write this message title down. It's not over. It's not over. You know, one of the experiences that we share in our humanity is, is what I call too late moments. You ever had a, a too late moment? A too late moment looks like this. Somebody gives you a piece of information that would have really helped you out about a week ago. Too late. You show up and you're excited to, to use a gift card or, or a coupon and, and you hand it to the cashier and they look at you and they say, sorry, too late, it's expired. This happened to us a number of weeks ago. I, I got our family up, we were all excited to go skiing. We got loaded in the car, all the gear in the car. We got the coffee in the thermos. We make the trek all the way up to the mountain. We start unloading and everything sold out, too late. And in that moment, I, I'm a little bit perturbed because I checked online before and, and yet I realized, man, it would have been really helpful if you let me know before I left the house. This information feels a little bit, what, too late. And it's one thing when we experience that in life, it's another thing though, when we have those moments where we feel like God is too late. You ever been there? Things feel maybe too far gone or 
Things feel like they're, they're beyond hope. And, and here's the good news for each and every one of us today. If you find yourself in a too late moment or, or if you're wondering, man, are things too far gone? Jesus' declaration today is significant for us. And what is it? I am the resurrection and the life. See, what this means for us is this. Nothing and no one are too far gone for Jesus. Let me say that again, because some of us might go, oh, that's pretty nice, Tyler. No, check this out. Nothing and no one are too far gone for Jesus. You see, in the context of where we're about to go in John chapter 11, we, we spent the last two weeks anchored in John chapter 10, where where Jesus says that he's come to give us life and life to the full. He said he's the gate, and he said that he's the good shepherd. A little bit later on in John chapter 10, he's talking to a crowd in Jerusalem, and they get frustrated with him. They've had enough, and so what do they do? They pick up rocks, and they're about to stone Jesus. Now, we live in Washington. I have to describe what that actually means. It's a different type of stoning, okay? Some of you will get that on your ride home, but, but they pick up rocks. They want to kill Jesus, and Jesus asks this question. Of the good works that I've just done, which one are you going to kill me for? And, and the crowd responds, we're not trying to kill you for the good works you've done. We want to kill you because though you are a man, you are claiming to be God. And that's exactly what's going on. Jesus is God in the flesh. Make no mistake about it. Jesus is not just a, a good moral teacher, a historic leader, some, some figurehead of a religion. Jesus is God. God in the flesh. 100% fully human, fully God. And his opponents here are in Jerusalem. They, they try to kill him. Somehow, miraculously, he walks through that crowd and he takes his disciples out of Jerusalem and goes to the far side of the Jordan River. And he takes a few days with them. As this is happening, his close friends who live in a village just two miles from Jerusalem, the village is called Bethany. And his friends, Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, send a message to Jesus. Martha and Mary wanted Jesus to know that Lazarus has, has become sick, and so they send messengers on a journey about 20 miles away to get this news to Jesus, and yet Jesus is a little bit delayed, so it would look like. For, for Martha and Mary, it feels a little bit like too little too late. And in this setting is where we find ourselves as Jesus makes the journey a few days later to Bethany. And he has a conversation with Martha on the outskirts of town. Would you look with me to John chapter 11? I want to begin in verse 21. It says this. Then Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Can I give you the Tyler Soli paraphrase? Lord, too little, too late. Lord, you didn't get the timing right on this one. Jesus, if you only would have shown up sooner, the circumstance would look different. But she continues, yet even now I know that whatever you ask for from God, God will give you. 
Your brother will rise again, Jesus told her. And Martha said to him, I know that he will rise in the resurrection at the last day. Here's, here's what we know. Martha had her doctrine right. You see, the Jews, they believed and they understood that at the end of days, God would resurrect those who were in covenant relationship with him. So she has her doctrine right, but her doctrine is incomplete. Because she's thinking someday out there. Resurrection, re resurrection life is, is a future thing. But notice what Jesus says to her. Verse 25, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. This, this changes everything. Why? Because it's not just someday out there. No, Jesus says, I am resurrection and life right here, right now. It's present tense. The one who believes in me, even if he dies, will live. Everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? What's interesting, we, we read this account and earlier, Jesus hears the news, his, his arrival in Bethany is delayed. When Jesus shows up in Bethany, Lazarus has now been dead for four days. And this is significant, why? Because in the Jewish belief system before Jesus, they believed that when somebody dies, their soul, their spirit would, would be near the body for a total and a maximum of three days. But after three days, there was no more hope. You are dead, dead. Like, not just a little dead, you are really dead. And so for Jesus to show up on the fourth day is significant, why? Because this looks like it's too far gone. It looks like there's no hope at all. And yet for Jesus, he, he shows up and he makes this declaration, I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus is making it clear. This is not resuscitation. This is resurrection. It changes everything. What's amazing is just days before, Jesus was threatened with his life to be put to death. They wanted to kill Jesus. And Jesus, even though there was that threat and his disciples were nervous, Lord, you're not gonna go back in that direction, are you? Jesus is willing to face that threat for the sake of his friends who feel like things are too far gone. And notice, Jesus doesn't say that he can provide resurrection or he can provide life. He says that he is those things. He is resurrection. He is life. But today, especially for those of us who this story is a little bit familiar, can I invite us to, to step into some of the tension in this story for a second and, and consider a few things about Jesus. First, I want you to recognize Jesus' pace. For those of you who are maybe new to following Jesus, you might not yet know this, but the pace of Jesus is not always our pace. How many of you have ever found that out the hard way? Sometimes Jesus is not on your timeline. What's interesting, we read earlier in John chapter 11, it says that Jesus, he loved Martha, her sister Mary, and Lazarus. That's in verse five. And then the very next verse in verse six, it says this. So he stayed where he was for two more days. 
How many of you, you're in the middle of a crisis, things are out of control, you call your friend and you know that they love you because instead of dropping everything and coming, they waited where they were two more days. Anybody else, you would have some words for your friends. Like, like there would be some serious conversations. Why? Because if you love me, you will drop everything and come to me right now. But Jesus' pace is a little bit different than our pace. I mean, could you imagine if there were iPhones during Jesus' time? Can you imagine how many text messages, how many phone calls, how many DMs? I mean, they would be checking, find my friend going, he hasn't left the Jordan yet. Where, send him another message. FaceTime him. How many of you, you're good at tracking people? Come on, I know you're here. I know you're here. We have this app. My oldest is driving now. I get a notification every time he leaves the house, every time he shows up at church, every time he leaves someplace. I'm, I'm like, I'm watching you. I know how fast you're driving, bro. Could you imagine if, if Martha and Mary had that opportunity with Jesus going, he said he loves us. He hasn't moved. And some of us, we do this with God all the time. God, you said you love me. I prayed yesterday. Nothing has changed. Notice the pace of Jesus is not our pace. You see, from the perspective of Martha and Mary, Jesus, his arrival is not soon enough, and the death of Lazarus is far too soon. But we need to get good at recognizing something important. You see, what we see as delay does not mean denial. Jesus' pace is different than our pace. But also recognize in this story the purpose of Jesus. Jesus made it clear what his purpose was. It was so that people would believe. He says that in verse 15. I'm, I'm delaying my arrival so that people will believe in me. Believe. You see, ultimately, Jesus' purpose was that God would be glorified through all of this mess. It's crazy to think how often in my life and maybe in your life, the, the mess seems to be where God does his best work, amen? It's in the, mess, in the midst of the mess. What's, what's beautiful about that, he's the only one who can get credit when the mess is messy enough. The purpose of Jesus. What, what about the power of Jesus that shows up in this story? You see, the power of Jesus, where we see that active, is at his voice, at his command, dead things come to life. His power. You see, for Jesus, it is so easy to wake Lazarus from the dead. It, it, it is so easy for Jesus to wake him from death. It's almost as easy as me trying to wake up my children from a nap. No, it's actually easier for Jesus to wake Lazarus up from the dead than it is for me to wake up my kids from a nap. It, it's not an issue for Jesus. He is powerful. And what I love is that Jesus, he's specific at the grave. He yells out, Lazarus! Come forth. Now, one commentator said this, Jesus had to be specific because if not, the whole graveyard would have cleared out. <laughs> Jesus is powerful. But also, I love that we see Jesus is present. He's present. 
Even though there was danger, he was willing to make this journey and go be with his friends. And we read something beautiful. He's willing to show up facing danger and willing to mourn with those who mourn. Some of us, we, maybe you've never memorized a Bible verse in your life. I'm going to help you out with one right now. It's John eleven thirty five. 35. It's two words. Are you ready? Jesus wept. Come on, can you say it with me? Jesus wept. There you go. You just memorized your first scripture. But what's significant is that Jesus, he's willing to be present with his friends. We have a present God. If we're not careful, we we blow past these things. But, But understand, when Jesus declares that he is the resurrection and the life, what that means for whatever you're facing in your life, it means this. It's not too late. It's not too late. For Jesus, what what is too far gone? For him to be able to do anything? There's two things, nothing and no one. Nothing's too far gone. No one is too far gone for Jesus. So here's why his words and his declaration today matter to us. I wanna share two things and then we're gonna respond today. Two things. Here's what this means. Number one, the end is not the end. The end is not the end. Because of what Jesus says, the end is not the end. Death is not the end. Eternal life is a reality. We're not just here to kind of suck up some oxygen for a number of years and then it just goes to nothing. The end is not the end. But we have to remember, we can't just think future sense. That, that's, yes, someday, Tyler, I know, when this life is over, I'll fly away. Although that's true, it's also incomplete. Because Jesus, he says, present tense, I am the resurrection. I am life. What that means is, what may seem dead can live again. So I got some good news for some of us today. Guess what? That marriage, it can live again. That career that you feel like is over, guess what? It can live again. That dream that you've given up on, you you felt like it's too far gone, the, the time limit has expired, it can live again. That calling that's on your life. Some of you, listen, you were called to vocational ministry when you were a young person and somewhere along the line, that calling felt like it died. Can I tell you, that calling can live again. Your future is not over. Because Jesus is resurrection and life, guess what? Your future can live again. Jesus was willing to enter into the sorrow that that Martha and Mary were experiencing, but he doesn't just show up and give some sympathy or some empathy. He actually has something to say about it. The end isn't the end. See, so often we're much like Martha. We, We think future tense. But Jesus says, no, 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 no. Not just down the road right now, I am the resurrection. I am life. See, I'm thankful that we have a God who's willing to show up in the midst of our mess. And even we see that our God has the ability to feel. Aren't you thankful that God has the ability to feel? 
Aren't you thankful that God's feelings aren't fickle like our feelings though? Because that, that would be bad news. I think it's good news that, that God, he sees what, what we're walking through. He's willing to step in. And, and we read that Jesus is grieved as he goes to the tomb of his friends. He's, he's reminded there is a very real penalty from the sin of humanity. And what is that? It's death. And he's grieved by the sting of death, but he also understands why he's come. He's, he's the one who's going to be victorious over sin, death, and the grave. The end is not the end. The end is not the end. You see, even when we die, and many of us, we know that there's two things certain in life. What are they? Number one is death. Number two is taxes. I know that's too soon because we're approaching tax season. But listen, all of us, unless our king returns before them, we will all have a shared experience in our humanity. We will die. Tyler, that feels really heavy for a Sunday morning. It feels heavy unless you have hope. And what is that hope? Even if we die, we live. We don't live because we've done everything right. We don't live because of our activity. We live because we put our trust in what Jesus has already declared. I am the resurrection and the life. What that means for us, the end is not the end. Some of you today, you're at the end of your rope. You feel like your hands are beginning to slip. I'm here to remind you, put a knot at the end of the rope and hang on. Why? Because the end is not the end. Jesus is. The resurrection and the life. But second, don't miss this. Raised people are released people. Raised people, that, that's what happens, by the way, when you, when you put your trust in Jesus. Some of you at some point, maybe in the last few weeks, you said a prayer by putting your trust in Jesus. Guess what? In that moment, God raised you from death to life. I've said it before, Christianity isn't about making bad people good. It's about making dead people live. Before you come to Jesus, you're not just a little bit dirty because of your sin. You are dead because of your sin. Tyler, that offends me. I'm sorry. It's not my words. It's scripture. We were dead in our sin. But when we put our trust in Jesus, who is resurrection and life, guess what? We are raised up to new life. But don't miss this, that new life is designed to be a released life. You see, as we read on in John chapter 11, skip down to verse 43. After Jesus said this, he shouted with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! Then the dead man came out bound hand and foot with linen strips and with his face wrapped in a cloth. And Jesus said to them, unwrap him. Can you say unwrap him? Unwrap him and let him go. So you understand that, that so much symbolizes what happens in our following of Jesus. When we put our trust in Jesus, he takes us from death to now alive. We are alive. But how many of you know, even though you said the prayer, there was some stuff still wrapped around your life that represented your death. Jesus says to Lazarus' friends, unwrap him 
and let him go. In other words, there's a raised person, but now he needs to be a released person. Tyler, what's the point? The point is this. New life can't remain wrapped up in death. This is the journey of discipleship. God in his grace is unwrapping the things that used to hold us down and represented who we were before we came back to new life in Christ. Raised people are released people. And some of us, listen, we've been journeying with Jesus for a long time, but there's still some grave clothes that need to come off of you. You need to get unwrapped. This is the journey of discipleship. This is the journey of allowing the Holy Spirit access to, because there's some old attitudes that don't belong with this new nature life that you've been given. There's some old habits, some old mindsets, and, and we trust Jesus to not only raise us to new life, but to make sure we are unwrapped from that which represents death. Look with me quickly. I've been waiting days to preach this message. I'm full of caffeine. Come on, Colossians chapter three. Here we go. Colossians 3, so if you have been raised with Christ, come on, let me hear you shout if that's you. You've been raised with Christ. If you've been raised with Christ, seek the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Therefore, put to death what belongs to your earthly nature. Let me paraphrase this. Put to death, take off the grave clothes. You've been raised up, they don't belong on you anymore. You're no longer that person. Let it go. Let God unwrap you today. Find the freedom that's available in Christ. Put to death what belongs to your earthly nature. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desire, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, God's wrath is coming upon the disobedient. And you once walked in these things when you were living in them, which again is dead in them. That's my addition. Verse eight, but now, Put away all the following, anger, wrath, malice, slander, filthy language from your mouth. Come on, how many of us we could respond right now? Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old self, the old grave clothes with its practices and you put on the new self. You are being renewed. You are being released. You've been raised up but you're being released. You're being renewed in the knowledge according to the image of your creator. Friends, raised people are released people. And yet Jesus doesn't just release you from something, he releases you for something. In the next chapter, we're gonna see the religious leaders in Jerusalem are a little bit frustrated because people are now believing in Jesus because they saw a man who was dead is now alive. His name was Lazarus. And so the Pharisees, they wanted to figure out how do we not only kill Jesus, how do we kill Lazarus? Can I tell you, every time one of us experiences this resurrection of new life in Jesus and then we get unbound, people are looking at us going, 
What happened with them? Something's different in them. Can I tell you, we're not just released from something, we are released for something. Our life becomes a testimony. Our life becomes evidence that Jesus actually is resurrection and life. See, we're released from the old, but we're also released for a cause. Today, listen, Jesus is still bringing dead things to life. There's still power. He's still present. Listen, he's bringing dead things to life. He is resurrection and life. But there's a four-word question that we can't fast forward past today. We have to stop and consider this question because Jesus looks at Martha that day and he declares, I am the resurrection and life. But, but he asks her this question and, and he asks us the same question today. Four words. Do you believe this? Do you believe? Notice it, it doesn't start with behave, it's, it's believe. Do you believe this? this? This is the question that we get to wrestle with today. Do I believe that Jesus actually is present resurrection, present life? Yes, someday I will be resurrected even if I die, but, but right now he's resurrection. Right now he is life. And Life Center, I ask you this question. Those who are watching online, I ask you this question. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Today, I'm gonna invite you to bow your heads all across this room. To give yourself a moment to reflect, to consider what is the Holy Spirit speaking, prompting you with today. Friends, have you said yes to Jesus? Have you put your trust in the one who is resurrection, who is life? Maybe you want a fresh start with God. Can I tell you? It starts by simply saying, Jesus, I believe. Come on, if that's you across this room, you're saying, Tyler, today I want a fresh start with God. I want to put my trust in Jesus. I want, I want to know that, that I am a new creation, that I am raised to life today. If that's you, would you just raise a hand, just hold it up for a moment and say, yeah, that's me, that's me, that's me, yeah, yeah. yeah. Others would say, yeah, that's me, that's me, yeah, thank you, thank you. Father, I thank you today for this reminder from your word the hope that we have. Jesus, you're present, you're powerful. And though your pace isn't always our pace, we, we can trust you, we can trust you. I thank you that by trusting in you, the end is not the end. There's hope, there's hope for tomorrow, but there's also hope for eternity. But as well, I thank you for this reminder today that that as raised people, we are called to be released people. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would begin to point out areas in our lives. God, reveal areas that, that have us still bound. And God, in your grace, would you begin to unwrap the grave clothes off of our lives? God, may we find freedom in you. Life Center, can we pray this prayer with those who raise their hands? Maybe they're saying it for the very first time. Say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. I put my trust in you. Forgive me of my sin. Make me a new creation. Help me to follow you every day of my life. 
It's in your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Can we celebrate those who are making that decision today? Listen, Life Center, right now, I want to invite you to stand to your feet. We're not done. We're not done. We're not done. I asked you over a week ago, what are you believing for? See, at Vision Night, I shared that in Pierce County, there's over 633,000 individuals who are disconnected from Jesus and his church. And these are people that we are related to. These are people that we live next to. These are people that we work with and go to school with. And, and here's what I know is that God hasn't put us here on accident. I believe that this is gonna be the greatest season of soul winning that we've ever experienced as Life Center. But it starts with us believing. And so there was people who wrote names on these boards at Vision Night, at our 8.30 gathering earlier this morning, people walked up these stairs right on the front, they wrote names. Now if you notice, not a lot of people like to write names on the bottom. It's a little bit harder. I'm gonna invite some of you, especially if you are younger, come on, your knees still work. Come on, get right, fill up that bottom space because we're running out of space. But even as this worship team, they're, they're gonna lead us in the song, Jesus, we love you. I wanna invite you to step out from where you are, make your way up these stairs. Ushers are gonna help coordinate people. We got some of the team with markers. Come on, feel the freedom, step out right now. If you're ready to add some names to that list, maybe there's something you're praying for, feel the freedom. And we're gonna fill these boards today with people that we are believing for. Come on, let's sing these words, Jesus, we love you and let's declare this as we add these names.